Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and we want to thank you for joining us as we continue our Bible study today, talking about winning in life. And you can reach us, uh, if you desire, at um, PastorEric523 at gmail.com. That's PastorEric523 at gmail.com. Or you can mail us at uh, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, uh, zip code 30061. Again, that's Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. And again, today, uh, we want to talk further about winning in life. And today, last week, we talked about uh, how that God instructed Joshua and gave him the things to do to move forward in life after Moses had died. Well, today, we're going to Roll back in time before that uh, that great deliverance we saw that God did for them as they move forward, and we're going to look at how that some of the things of what not to do. And many times we see the lives of men and lives of of, uh, of our leaders, men and women, who succeeded, and we don't know uh, how they got to where they were. And I think that one of the things that Joshua did was he saw some of the errors that. Uh, had happened with his was his uh was his teacher being Moses and those are some of the things that he was determined that he was not going to do. So now we're going to go and we're going to start out in the book of Numbers. Then we're going to uh, go to Exodus for a few scriptures and come back to Numbers to to end the day. But as we study these scriptures again, know that God is for you. God wants us to win. And as we quoted last week, uh, and I'm sure that most of the readers that listening are. Uh, if you're a study of the Bible, you know that uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord said that I know the thoughts I have concerning you, those good thoughts, that those thoughts that God said, I haven't expected in for you. And so this is the same thing he did for the church that came up out of Egypt. The same thing that he told them, he, he showed them what was going to happen. Then it happened. But we want to see some of the things that we should not do. And when we many times the best lessons is the lessons we learn from others. And some people say, well, you got to go out to experience it. But I want to tell you, some of the best lessons I've ever learned is when I listen to what my elders and I listen to what my teachers told me. And when I listen and obey, good things happen. Um, and I'll say experience is not always the best teacher because some experiences you don't recover from or they take you out. So again, let's go to the book of Numbers 13, and we're going to start out to where Moses is giving, giving instructions to uh, some, some of his leaders. This is Numbers 13, 17, and 18. And again, he's sending them out. These 10 spies, uh, he's 12 spies, rather, and Joshua and Caleb were the uh, 11th and 12th. But as we read this again, consider what God has done for them prior as they came out of Egypt. How that all the plagues that they saw that came upon the Egyptians, that every time the man of God spoke, God backed his word up. And when uh, Pharaoh stood up against him, God put more pressure and more pressure until finally they were released out of, e out of Egypt. And so and then when they got the opportunity to move out of Egypt and they got to uh, the Red Sea, Pharaoh made up in his mind with a, with a hardened heart that I'm going to get them and bring them back. But that was a fatal mistake to, because he didn't learn. Although, just like so many, he thought that he could fight against God. Like a famous play was written back in the 70s, your arms, my arms, and our arms are too short to fight with God. You can't win. And he didn't learn that. And because he did not, 
the scripture says that uh, Israel celebrated as Pharaoh's army was drowned in the Red Sea because he had a hardened heart and he would not recognize that the God of heaven and earth had, had uh, called his people out and they were not going to be denied. And I believe it's the same thing that we, I'm, that I'm, uh, uh, want to be a clarion call. I want to be someone who who tells you beforehand and what's already happening, that God is moving amongst his people now, that there's salvation, that uh, there's a revival that's going on, that you may not see it on the news, you may not be in the, on the front pages of your newspaper, but God is waking people up. He's stirring hearts up and people are realizing that, you know what? All these things I've tried, all this time I've been in my home and locked down afraid to go out or many have been stricken with uh, COVID. Many have uh, had family members and friends and spouses and children that have died from this deadly uh, uh, deadly plague that's been upon the world. But I want to tell you today, God did not send that plague. The Bible says that no fountain can give forth bitter and sweet waters. We serve a sweet, loving, glorious God who loves his people. And the Bible says in John 3.16, God so loved the world. He so loved, loved us that he sacrificed his son in order for us to be saved. That's the God and that's the love that he desires to share with all of us. And so no matter where you find yourself, no matter what your predicament may be, if you will submit to the love of God, he is able to raise you out of the pit and put you in the palace, whether that palace is a palace of peace. Many people, you know, you may be hearing me today and say, well, I don't have no need of money. I got all the money I need. But many don't have peace. They don't have the peace of mind that they can enjoy their family and sit around with their spouse or sit around with their children in peace. But they know that if I, when I go home, they dread to go home because of all the chaos and all of the fussing and arguments. And as soon as they walk in the door, it's another fight. It's another fuss. Or it's another something. What else has happened? What has Junior done now? What has uh, Princess done now? What, what's this new thing I got to deal with? All because... They don't know how to handle this. All of us are going to have uh, uh, trials are going to come. Tribulations are going to come. We all are in a fight. But the difference is when you are a believer, we win. But you said, preacher, what about all those people that died? If you died in the faith, they're in a better place than we are right now. We want to be. I want to be. I have so many loved ones that were that died in the faith. And not just in COVID, but years ago, whether they were family members or they were a part of my family in Christ, that I'm I can't I can wait to see, but I'm gonna enjoy seeing them one day when my time on this planet is, is, is gone. But what I'm talking about today is I have hope. Paul said it this way: if only in this life we have hope, we are men most miserable. What he was saying is, if all I have to look to look forward to is what I'm experiencing now, and then life is over? I have no more existence after I die? What a miserable future we all have. But what we have is the hope that was given us by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In John 14, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe you in God, believe also in me. Haven't I told you that when I go away, I'm going to prepare a place for you? And he went on to say in another place, he said, for, for where I am, ye shall be also. But going back to our story today, let's go to uh, our, our, uh, our subject today is in Numbers 17, I'm sorry, Numbers um, 13, 17, we're going to read about 
things what not to do. If you're going to win in life, you got to learn the do's and the do nots. And I'm not talking about ways to, to uh, that, that you have to do to, to uh, get saved. I'm talking about things that we can avoid. That we learn, the scripture says, that we can see their example. They are our example of what not to do. Going back, Numbers 13, 17. And Moses sent spies out of Canaan. He were 12 men. And said unto them, go out to the south and go up into the mountains. He said, see the land and the people that dwell therein, whether it be weak, whether it be strong or weak, few or many, where they dwell in, where the land is good, whether uh, where, they, where they dwell in, what type of cities they dwell in, where the intents are in strongholds. And so Moses was telling them, I'm sending you out. But I want to go back even further than this to the book of Exodus 23. Because what they're about to see is not a surprise if they would have held, they would have held and esteemed the word that God gave to them. See, God speaks to all of us, but many times we don't uh, uh, prize the word. The reading of the Bible now, among so many who were who studied the Bible and who loved the word and who loved to fellowship with God and loved his very presence and 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 what a joy it was to come to church and, and be involved in worship and just pour out their heart and their spirit to him and just worship God. And then when the word came, they were eager and ready to eat it. And that's what the scripture said in the last day. He says, men's hearts are going to be hardened. They're going to be lovers of themselves. They're going to have itching ears where they don't want to hear the truth, but they want to hear something that's old that's so pleasant and oh so favorable for them. But there is an end to this world and to this life, and we must be prepared and we must learn how to follow God in, in not in uh, a fear of trembling that God's going to destroy us, but in respect to know that God's word is true. There are many truths in the world today. There are many. And what I mean by established truths by men, that this is how to go. The Muslims and Islam have their way. You know, the Buddhists have their way. You know, there are so many, as I said earlier, there are many black books in the world and where people are, are poured their lives into. But at the end, it is nothing because their savior and their God is dead. But in Christianity, in, in the body of Christ, we know that our savior is living, he's living, he's well, and he's dwelling on the inside of every believer who will receive him by faith. So in Exodus 23rd chapter, Around the 20th verse, this is what God is beginning to tell the uh, uh, house of Israel before they were ready to enter in. So here God's telling them, look, I'm sending you on this assignment and let's see what God says in Exodus 23, 20. He says, behold, I have sent an angel before thee to keep you in the way and to bring you to the place which I have prepared. See, God will set up out your enemies sometime when they, when they are uh, many times. God will set people up. They think that they're dealing, digging a ditch to, for you to fall in, to uh, set up mischievous things to do so that believers fall or that we lose. You know, I've told you uh, in other lessons how that I've had people to set up uh, uh, pits for me and, and thinking that, oh, I got him now. But every time God delivered me one way or another. And I can remember times when people, you know, they desired to uh, uh, move me out of my present position that I didn't even know about. But the God of heaven was on my side. And every battle 
everything, every time I released it and said, Lord, you handle this. I'm willing to walk away. I can remember some, some occasions where I was in a place and I was enjoying myself. My wife and I was giving all our all to help and support. And it turned out, you know, that people were against us, you know, sending bad reports, which were not true. But we just learned that, you know what, Father, we are, we are, we are, if, if, if you desire for us to stay, we'll stay. But if you desire for us to go, we'll go. And we're going to be at peace. And I can remember the, just the peace that came over me. And when I told my wife, we celebrated our, our time of leaving because we were at peace in our hearts because God was with us. And that's what every believer in every situation, the Bible says, uh, uh, rejoice in your Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He said, always rejoice. He didn't say when things are good, when things are uh uh, when things are fine, you know, when when everything is lined up and rosy and everything is is in you going for you, you know, the sky is blue and 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 temperature is right and and everybody's in their proper place. But even in the midst of hell, that Satan will bring against you. When the storm is blowing, the lightning is flashing, the the waters are rising. When you are in Christ, the Bible says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." And again. Because sometimes we don't believe what God is saying. He says again, he said, always rejoice. We're not rejoicing because of what's happening to us, but we are rejoicing because of the God that's for us. Because we know that in everything that comes upon us has an end date. Everything. Scripture says, uh, uh, weeping shall endure for a night. It may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. God will bring your joy at the blackest, darkest time of night. If we'll just remember like Paul, Paul was sitting up in jail. He was sitting there hearing Paul and, 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 and Silas, knowing, probably bound, and with, with, with sentences on them. And they just began to praise God, to worship God, to give him glory. And the Bible says that was an earthquake that shook the very foundations of the jail that Satan had them in. And the jailer got upset and, and, and because all the lights were out and he thought the prisoners had walked away and escaped. Because in that day, if the prisoners escaped the jailer, it was a life for a life. So if, if those prisoners walked out, then your life was being given for the prisoners that, that got that escape. But what did Paul say? He said, don't be afraid. We're all here. And just think about it. All of those prisoners that was in that, no matter what that sentence was, because of the anointing that was on, on the men of God, they stayed. I've been like a lot of us, you know, I don't know if I would have stayed in there with Paul. I might have I I exit stage left. But those men where, where, where the power of God and the love of God was in there, it was in there so that Paul was able to say, we are all here. Do yourself no harm. Who's listening at your life? Who is seeing your witness and, shall, and, and able to say, you know what? There goes a man of God. There goes a woman of God. And I'm honored and proud. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be in their presence because I know God is with them. No, they don't go by what's, what's on written on your T-shirt. They may not be going by your, uh, uh, what would Jesus do, uh, armband. Of what's written on your car, what they go by is the life you live and the words you say, and if you have the action to back it up. 
But moving forward, here they are. He, he told them, he said that uh, there's an angel going to keep you in the way. And as he moved on further down in the 23rd verse, he said, for my angel shall go before thee. And this is this is the Lord talking to uh, 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 Moses and telling the men and, and, and all of the people of God. He said, when you go, I'm sending my angel before you, the 23rd verse, and he shall bring you unto who? Their enemies. God said, I'm going to lead you to your enemies because your enemies are a trespassing on the land that I have for you. They're trespassing just like they are today. The devil is trespassing when he stands between you and what God has said, I'm going to give you. But we have to be bold as a lion, as it says in Proverbs 28 chapter. He said, the righteous are bold as a lion, willing to speak out and say, this is what my God said. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So we have to have that mindset, our mindset, that I am not going to allow Satan to take my health, to take my wealth, to take uh, the uh, my family. I'm not going to allow him to take my marriage. I'm not going to allow him to take what God has blessed me with. So God said, I'm leading you to the enemies because they are trespassing. He said, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Persazites, Canaanites, Hivites, Jebusites, he said, all the ites are inhabiting what I have for you. And what did God say? I will cut them down. He says, I will cut them down. What was God telling them? You got a promise. Yeah, it may look like it's over. It may look like that where you are going is, a, is not the best place to be. But many times, Right in the midst of crisis, right in the midst of emergency, right in the midst of the fight is where God wants you. But while you're in the middle of it, God is saying, I'm with you too. Matter of fact, I was here before you got here. I was here when you walked in. I see what, what's been going on on your job. I see what's been going on in your home. I see your children disrespecting you. I see what your, uh, your spouse is doing. But I'm going to tell you that God can bring all things all right. He can bring all things into order, but we have to allow him. We have to speak those things that are not as though they were and then trust him. Casting our cares upon him and remembering what God said. Then he goes on to say in the, um, that was 23rd verse, we're going to skip down to 27. He says, I'm going to set my fear before you. I'm going to destroy all the people to whom you that shall come. And I will make all your enemies turn their back on you. In other words, he says, they're going to run for fear, not for fear of, they're going to fear you because I'm in you. Then he goes on to say, I will, in the 29th verse, he says that, uh, uh, I will drive them, I will not drive them out before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field multiply against thee. So what God is saying, there is a fullness of time. Now, you would have think that uh, when God, when they begin to uh, go into the land, when they began to go into the land, that everybody just leave. But God said, no, I don't want that. Because if they leave and you don't get there but in, in, in the time that's appointed, then your fields are going to grow over, be overgrown. Your crops are going to be eaten up by the wild animals. The houses may be uh, 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 taken over by the beast of the field. He said, no, I don't want that. But he said, but little by little. I'm going to bring you in and you are going to find out that I had this here all the time. 30th verse says that. He said, but little by little, I will drive them out before thee 
and thou shall be increased and inherit the land. So God told them before any of these things happen that I'm with you and you have got to know and be settled in your mind. They say, yes, I remember what God, I remember what the scripture said. It says that our weapons of war, my warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You ain't got to fuss and fight. You ain't got to curse and spit and holler and, you know, and start swinging on people. We said, you know what? God's for me. He promised me this. I don't have, you know, you don't got to go and be, uh, uh, try to try to be underhand like everybody else and be a tattletale and bring people down. Because the Bible surely says, you reap what you sow. You don't want to reap the evil that uh, uh, will come upon man. Scripture says, you may sow the wind but you will reap the whirlwind. Basically, he's saying it will be double, if not triple, of the evil that's sown will come back upon the soil because they chose the evil way. So now let's go back now to, uh, let's go now to um, uh, Numbers. Numbers chapter uh, 13, back again, verse number 23. Numbers 13, 25, rather. Number 13, 25. And he said they returned from searching the land after 40 days. Now, they've had a long time to go about the land. They've been sightseeing. They've been taking selfies. They've been recording things. The Bible says that uh, they took one a cluster of grapes. It was so big that it took two men to carry one cluster of grapes on a pole. So they saw the things that God had promised them and told them. He said, this is the land flowing. He's talking about an abundance. And not just heaped up in one place. He says, it is flowing with milk and honey. It's flowing. The only thing you got to do is do what I told you. He said, you got to contend with them. Another verse of scripture says, you know, that you got to contend. There are giants in the land. There may be, there are giants on your job. There are giants in your place of, uh, uh, of blessing. There are giants. There, uh, there's money that's got to be raised. There's a degree you got to get. There's a diploma you must accomplish. There's a certification you got to go get. There's training you got to pass. The classes may, will be hard. But God said, I got you. But you got to settle in your mind. The Lord, I trust you. If you sent me this way, there's a reason why I'm here. And I'm going to let you accomplish what you want to accomplish in me. It's all about God getting you where, where you need to be. He will teach you from the good decision and the bad decision. Most of the time, I've learned from them bad decisions. It didn't have to be, but I learned something. And I learned it's best to trust God. So we go on now. We wrap up this teaching today in uh, our verse number 25. It said it searched for, uh, for 40 days. Skip this skip on down verse 40. And they told him, he says, when we came into the land where you sent us, he says, yes, Lord, it's full of milk and honey. And he said, you see these big cluster of grapes that I have? He said, but Lord, I got to tell you something. The people are strong in the land. The cities are wall, very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And I believe the Anaks were, were giants. He said, and the Amalekites dwell in the south, Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites. Dwell in the mountains, the Canaanites by the sea and by the coast. 
And what they was doing was they had forgotten. They let what they saw dismiss and made them, uh, 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 they, it made them belittle what God had already said. God says, I'm going to send my angel before you and they're going to drive them out. In other words, as you go out, you got to contend. You got to show up. As I said earlier, most, most battles, you just got to show up. And as I said earlier, our weapons of our warfare, the New Testament believer, your weapons are not carnal. But we allow the spirit. Jesus said, not by power. The word said, rather, not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. God says, I got you. I got you. I got you covered. You adhere to my word. Cast your cares upon me. Let me handle this for you. But what you must do, what I must do, we have to show up for the fight and be armored with the uh, uh, breastplate of righteousness. We must be armored with the shield of faith. We must be armored with the sword of the spirit. We must take the word and, and, and attack the enemy with it. And then this is what the scripture says. Uh, my, one of my favorite places in Isaiah, what Isaiah says, whose reports do you believe? Yes, we heard the bad report. The bad report said, hey, you know what? Giants over there, Amalekites, Amorites, all the ites. We got a problem. But I'm going to tell you again, anything worth having is worth fighting for. If you want it, you got to be willing to contend for it. You got to be willing to go to class. You got to be willing to face the music. Show up at work and not only just show up, but trust in God and do the work and put forth your effort. Put your hands to something. The Bible says faith without works is dead. You got to steady your mind and say, if God be for me, who can be against me? One would put a thousand to fight, two, ten thousand. Are you willing to show up and stand for what God stands for and say what God says? That's where we've got to be in these days. we got to have a steadfast, solid mind that say, I'm not going to be like those, Lord. Why? Not because I'm better than they, but because I'm going to allow you to fight through me. I'm going to put my faith in you. I'm going to put my trust in you. If I get knocked down, I'm getting up. If I fall, I'm, I'm going to get up again. I'm going to keep going. Because the righteous man may fall several times. But the Lord's going to deliver him out of them all. He's going to get up again. That righteous woman's going to get up again. Yeah, you might have knocked me down, but I'm here I am. I'm back. Because God is for me. And the last scripture today, as we read on down just a little further, um, in, in, in Numbers, it says, Caleb said, he tried to steal the hearts of the people. He said, let us go up at once. He said, we got to fight them now. Before they put fear in your heart, we got to go now. Possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Why was Caleb and Joshua willing to go to the fight? It wasn't because they were better than the other men, but their minds were set. They remember what God said. They remembered that how the Lord said, I'm going to move these people out. I'm going to cut them off. I'm not going to allow them to be, uh, I'm not going to allow them to take over and to uh, 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 defeat you. I'm with you. I got you. Know this, beloved. God, you will win every, you will, you will win every time. You may get knocked down. You may get pushed aside. 
The world may try to put you in the corner, but you got to keep coming back and say, you know what? God's for me. Lord, I don't see how I'm going to get out of this, but I'm with you. But you're with me. And I'm going to stay with you. Beloved, keep your eyes on the prize. And that prize being the, uh, that prize that's been set before us, that if we just keep pressing, press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Keep pressing for Christ as a sure to be with us. Father, we thank you for this teaching today. We thank you that those that hear us, oh God, they receive, they are uplifted. God, they receive healing and deliverance, Lord. Revelations come to them. And I pray, God, for a steadfast and a solid foundation be established into them as they read and meditate the word of God and allow you to speak to them. Speak to them concerning establishing their heart in this year. That they do not fold, God, because of the pressure. But let that, God, what comes upon them, let them know that they'll be fired by, they'll be fired by the fire and the pureness of gold their very temperament, everything is going to change as they allow the light of Christ, the blood of Jesus, and the very anointing which is upon their lives shine through. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.